Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. It is a privilege to have an opportunity once again to uplift the activities of running and walking, but more importantly, to praise God for giving us the activities in the first place. And with me, of course, is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. So last week, I corrected you last week. I was wrong in correcting. I corrected you live. <laughs> we, You said, welcome to episode 117. I said, no, Dean, this is 118. Well, come to find out, it was 117. And for that... I'm sorry, but. But I caused the problem. <laughs> but what I was looking at, my outline for the week said 118. And I don't I don't know who sent me that outline. You know, I'm not going to point fingers. But, you know, so I just had to throw you under the bus just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, well-deserved. Well-deserved. <laughs> so all uh, you out there this... thinking last week, man, Mitchell was just kind of ruthless. That was kind of out of line. Well. My, my sheet said 118. Yeah, and you were probably thinking, well, why am I insisting it's 117? Because mine said 117. Yeah, and then so if if I didn't act like I was well prepared last week with the questions and answers, I'm very prepared this week because I've now looked at it twice. So uh, that's what you get into with doing podcasts, right? It's all fun. So if it's we mess fun. up one time in 118, we're not doing too bad. I will say. But I will say we've. We've messed up more than we we have, but I will say you recovered quite nicely last week from from all of that. So uh, very, I'm very impressed. Well, thanks, uh, man. I had a tough day yesterday. I'll tell you what. Yesterday, I, so I I've been doing way better at trail running mm-hmm. recently. Well, yesterday, man, I took a hard fall yesterday. Did you really? I mean, I went down hard and fast, and. Um, I, hit my, I, I don't know if I hit my head or I didn't. There's no mark on my head where I hit my head, but I had the worst headache afterwards. And uh, I was talking with Catherine Vradenberg. Yeah. You know, the Vradenbergs, both on my, my, I've coached both of them and they're really good ladies. But the times that I've fallen and hurt myself, they've had, one of the two of them has been there. <laughs> so yesterday I was talking with Catherine. I said, you know, I fell today and there wasn't a Vradenberg around. <laughs> so. I keep telling you, Dean, those, those trails will get you hurt. Oh, well. Dangerous. Those that, roots jump out and grab your feet. and That's going to keep me off trails for a little while. Really? And then um, and then, and then, last night at church, we had this picnic, and I ate a bunch of food that's bad for me. And I woke up just feeling horrible this morning. Mm. And so, uh, but I'm glad we're here yeah. and doing what we're doing. So, you know, we talk about the weather a lot. Yeah. I'm a weather guy. <sighs> I looked hot. at the forecast this morning, and next Wednesday, the real temperature is going to be 102. Woo! And it's been, the heat index has been close to 110 yeah. for the past couple of days here. But, man, I just, that's it, rough. I was out trying to, I was doing a, a walk yesterday afternoon. And uh, about, f- I don't know, 4 o'clock. Yeah. It was just miserable yeah. out there. No shade. So uh, that that may be one good thing about trails this time of year is you get a little bit of shade. That's the reason I was there. Yeah, 
was because of that because the day before i had run 10 miles and in, in the, the, the it was 108 was the AccuWeather real yeah. feel and and so it was it was you know i don't mind running in that kind of heat it doesn't really bother me that much other than it just drains you oh, you yeah. just get when you get done you're just completely you just drained want to take a cold shower and go to bed yeah yeah so, uh, it's all good all right well let's talk about this week's sponsor again if you have a business out there and you won't run for god to to help promote you and at the same at the same time you're uh supporting a ministry that wakes up every day trying to figure out how we can reach a lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus through the sport of running. Send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information. But this week's sponsor is Smile, Do- Smile Doctors Orthodontics. Uh, they are the best choice for braces. Both of my kids went to them. Uh, it's a fun, playful environment that takes all the stress out of braces. The workers are very caring and work towards each patient's specific needs until they are complete your first consultation is free and they will examine what exact needs that you need personally if you're interested in getting braces find your local smile doctors now and get your free consultation again they've got those cool big uh, massage chairs at smile doctors so the parents the kids go in and get their their braces adjusted or whatever and you can go sit down in a I think they're like ten grand. Those big, nice yeah. massage chairs in the waiting room, which is uh, I've never seen that anywhere else. That's pretty cool. So yeah. go see them. Yeah, good customer service. Well, we had a Facebook post that's actually it's a little bit older than what we would normally use, but I just really like this one. And so this one comes from Laura Jacobs, and she says, "Here's the story I promised yesterday," um, and it's a fairly long post, but this is really cool. This is my new friend Charlie. I met him last Wednesday at the Big big Run 5K, about half a mile in. I saw him running ahead of me. I ran a little faster to catch up with him. I told him, man, it took me a while to catch up to you. I just had to tell you, you're an inspiration. Then I continued running. The next thing I know, there's Charlie right next to me, then running past me. So I did the same. We did this back and forth thing for over two and a half miles. Suddenly, I got a second wind and focused on getting to the finish line as quickly as possible. I waited there for him to finish. When he did, he asked me what my time was so he could get an idea of his time. Before I left, he asked me if I'd been if I'd be running the sunburst on Saturday. I said I was, but that I'd be doing the 10K. I expected him to say that he was doing another 5K. But no, he said he was doing the 10K. So I said I'd see him Saturday and then left for home. Right after I left, I regretted not getting a picture with him and talking to him longer. I hoped and prayed I'd be able to find him in the crowd on Saturday. Thankfully, I did. I asked him all the questions I failed to ask on Wednesday, starting with his age. Come to find out, Charlie is 81. I asked him, what do you say to people uh, who tell you that you're too old to be running? because I'm sure he's heard that, as I have. I'll never forget his response. He said, I tell them I'm too young to die. (laughs) And then I asked, have you been a runner your whole life? Totally expecting to hear yes. He said, no, I didn't start until I was 47. As someone who didn't start running seriously until 45, I was inspired by that. Be like Charlie. Okay, maybe your thing isn't running, but how many times have you told yourself or listened as others told you, you're too old to whatever, fill in the blank. You're too old to train for a marathon. You're too old to change careers. You're too old to locate, relocate to another state. You're too old to follow your dreams. You're just too old. Baloney. 
God gave you breath in your lungs and a purpose. So be like Charlie and go do whatever that thing is that came to mind as you read this post. By the way, 81-year-old Charlie crossed the finish line before 52-year-old me, and I couldn't have been happier. Uh, Edited to add, I forgot this part. At the end of the sunburst, I said, I did not get a second win this time. He said, yeah, I noticed. And then we both laughed. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we all know a Charlie. Yeah, I think you're right. I've I've got one in my head. I want to see if it's the same one you got in your head. Who's the Charlie you think of? There's a, a lady that, that runs in Chattanooga that I think about, and okay. I can't remember her name right now. Okay. I think of Sergio Bianchi. Yeah. Remember Sergio? Yeah, yeah, I remember Sergio. Now, yeah. is he still around? I haven't seen him in several years, but he was he was way up in his 80s. Yes, and he's still running. No, he doesn't run local road races much anymore. Now he's running these ultra marathons. So he, really? Yeah, he, he just in the last, I think for the last four or five years in a row, he has run the Vol State 500, 500K race. Now, am I right in saying he would be on up in his 80s now? Yes, yes. Wow. Yes, and he's and he's running this this 500K race. What, matter of fact, there was one day that Char, uh, Charlie, I'm, I've got Charlie on the right here listening to this. Sergio. Sergio, um, he was getting tired in the Vol State 500K race, and so he had like 60-something miles left to go, which is which is still a long ways left to go. And he just decided, I'm just tired. I just want to get home. So he ran the entire 60 miles without stopping. The last 60 miles of 314 miles. Wow. Because he was just tired and wanted to go home. <laughs> it's just... Sergio's He's got to be in some kind of record book to be doing that at that age. He's... he's Because I know if you... I don't know if you and HR talked about it on your interview or not, but some of HR's best memories was him and Sergio used to, to duke it out. Yeah. Sergio and Doug Holly's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we've all got these Charlies in our mind. We that, do. You know, when we when we start to think we're too old to do anything, you, you just gotta pull up the Charlie or the Sergio or the Doug in your mind and say, No, <laughs> that's just an excuse. Yeah, I wonder why it is that so many people don't look to that person though. You know, we all like you said, we all know that person, but sure. often people go, Well, I'm too old for that when in the back of their mind they've got that person that they can pull out and go, Well, if yeah. they can do it. Well, in the moment, a lot of times you don't want to hear that. Well, you block true. that out. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, we, we need we need to we need to pull that, that yeah. picture up in our head when we think we're too old. Because we're you think about it, you're never really too old to do anything. Well, what's the story? Was it Colonel Sanders? Um, Kentucky Fried yeah, Chicken. Yeah, he, he was, was like in his late sixties. Yeah, before he before he ever started Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, and look look what happens. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story if you ever look it up. Yeah, it is. Story of him. It is a cool story. Yeah, and I just think it's this is also a cool story about meeting somebody at a race too. How many times do we yeah. do that? I mean, that's, that's, there are some people that the only reason I know them is because I've met them at races on Saturdays, Saturday friends, my Saturday friends. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun and pretty cool. And, um, yeah, if you're out there and you're, you're thinking I'm too old to do whatever it is, cut, cut it out, mm-hmm. cut it out, go, go and try it. Now. I mean, there's some things we do have limitations. I would, I have always wanted to be an Olympian. I think it's a little too late for me. (laughs) So, you know, there's the senior Olympics. There's your chance, Dean. Uh, All right. We had a trivia question last week, and it was this. There's one men's NCAA cross-country team that has dominated the NCAA cross-country by winning five of the last six titles. What school is it? 
Did you know the answer to this one? Well, I thought I did. I had two schools in my head. I had Oregon and Colorado in my head. I was afraid. To, I, I thought that when you said that. I thought, I don't think it's who you think. Yeah. So, I, no, I, I yeah. did not know this. Yeah. Northern Arizona University, NAU. Um, NAU is in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is at altitude. And what you find a lot of times is a lot of these best cross-country teams are at altitude. Colorado is one of those. BYU is another one. Um, they train at altitude. But Northern Arizona has just absolutely dominated the uh, cross-country scene. Interestingly, they have had no individual champions in the history of their program. Really? Yeah. And so uh, they, they've, had, they, they've just got these, these teams that are so good. And the, the high school from California that has all these great runners, Solomon and, and all of those guys, um, the names, Nico Young goes to NAU. Um, he's one of their runners. They've got that that pipeline of people coming from that high school that's so good. Uh, but the NCAA championships, too, that began back in 1938. So cross country has been around for a long time. And, of course, cross country originated out in Europe, not in the United States. Um, it started in East Lansing, Michigan, Indiana. University of Indiana, if you you got any Indiana alums out there, that was the first team to win the NCAA cross-country title. Uh, back then, it was only four miles. The, the race was only four miles, and a guy named Greg Rice ran it and won it. In 2012, and I look at 2012 now, and that I know for a lot of people, you think 2012 for four miles seems fast. That's really, really slow. Uh, for today's standards, it would be yeah. pedestrian. Um, they go through f- – uh, they probably go through four miles in in the 10K that they run now at least a minute or two faster than that. Uh, so, and then the race changed to six miles in 1965, and at some point it changed to 10K. Um, Arkansas is the team that has won the most titles. They've won 11 NCAA titles, and they won all of those between 1984 and 2000. I mean, they were just, they were like NAU now. They just dominated cross country. Wisconsin has run in the championship the most. They've been in the championship 57 times, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I got a friend of mine who lives in Chattanooga um, who we got him out of retirement one time to run one race with us. He blew me away and ran really well and then went back into retirement. So, so you're not going to call him again? Oh, well, I, no, I'd wish he'd run some more. I, I, I want him out there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. He went to Wisconsin. Uh, women didn't begin running cross country in the NCAA until 1981. Really? So kind of like the marathon. The marathon yeah. took so long to come along. Women didn't begin running cross country. Uh, now, they started world cross country championships before 81, but that's when it started in the NCAA. Villanova has won the most titles in women's cross country. Uh, the most team appearances is North Carolina State with 28, and they are dominant right now. Caitlin Tui just won the uh, NCAA championship for NC State uh, in the 5K on the track. Um, and Northern Arizona has never won the women's title, but they're getting better every year. I think that may be on the horizon at some point. So the most individual titles for anybody. For women – um, Sally Kipiego won three titles for Texas Tech. Um, she's the only one to have ever done that. On the men's side, there have been four guys who have won three uh, titles. Jerry Lindgren for Washington State did it way back in the, um, uh, I think he's in the 60s. Uh, Steve Prefontaine, anybody ever heard that name? Never heard of him. From the University of Oregon. 
Henry Rono uh, from Washington State also, and then Ed Cheserek, who uh, we all call King Jez, um, was the most recent guy uh, from Oregon. So out of those four guys, uh, there are two schools, Washington State and Oregon. Hmm. So, uh, Wow. And that's all Division One. There are other divisions in the NCAA. You have Division Two and Division Three in NCAAs. You've got NAI, which is where Dalton State competes. Um, there's the NJCAA, um, and then there's a bunch of other smaller organizations as well. So there's a lot, a lot of running going on there. So let me ask you a question. I want to pick your brain about something. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't talked about this. I was talking to a triathlon coach just this past week. Um, He's he's coached one of our uh, more recent uh, triathlon Olympians, and we we were talking about exactly what you're talking about here. You, this uh, the Arizona team who has won more championships, but they've never had a standout. They've yeah. never had somebody that stood head and shoulders and and had their own titles. And we were talking about this very thing because you know it's getting popular nowadays for some triathlon teams are starting to form some high-performance teams. But what we're starting to see, now this could change tomorrow, but as of right now, there have been no standouts come out of these teams. And he was saying that what happens is, and it's a good thing for cross-country, but you build these packs and pack mentality, and so it, it, you kind of start to equalize the team, which is great for cross-country, yeah. but when you get into an individual sport like triathlon, it can actually hamper yeah. the 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 could be the would be standout athletes. You kind of dial them back, and you're helping. And we've kind of talked this, about this before. What are your thoughts on that? Do you believe in that theory of the the pack mentality? It's kind of a an equalizer. I'm not a fan of it. Um, no, I do. But do you think it's true? Do, do, do you I think th- that theory is true? I, I honestly don't. I do think that it helps bring the people that that are the let's say you got a pack of five guys mm-hmm. and I think it helps four and five a good bit to pull them up toward the front. But I think if you're holding back one and two, four, four and five, you're not really gaining anything. But no, I'm asking you the 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 teams would say that that's not that doesn't happen. But this particular coach, says that he's absolutely sure that it does happen. Not that they're doing it on purpose, oh. but it, oh, just, it just naturally happens that your slower runners get faster and your faster runners tend to get slower when you're always training together. Yeah, I think there's some yeah, I think there's something to that for sure. Yeah. I think that's a challenge as a coach sure. sometimes. It's why, you know, the the number one runner on our team, I, I have her do workouts on her own occasionally because I I want her I want her to do some things different than everybody else because I don't want her in the pack. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. I, th- I think it is. I think there's. We've seen it with Lane. You know that he he benefits from having working out with guys that are better than him. Yeah. And um, I, I think yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. For sure. Hmm. I think so. I think it depends on the individual too. I think some people are just better at pushing themselves by themselves than other people are. Um, but I look back at my high school team. And uh, and I think about we you know we had four years in a row five years in a row we had the mile state champion they were five different guys and that the reason why that happened I think was because the the guy behind the guy that won 
saw what was possible. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was, I think there's some definitely some things about pulling people forward. Right. But yeah, hmm. for sure. Interesting. Yeah. But I love cross country. Um, so, but talk about cross country. Cross country in the NCAA for the men is 10K. And we got a 10K coming up soon, don't we? Yeah. We got the Hawkins Fun the Razor 10K coming up. And I'm excited. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be really cool. It's uh, man, the course down there is just beautiful. I hope it's not 105 degrees that day. I'm pretty sure it'll cool off by then. But uh, but yeah, we've got it up on the website. Uh, the fundraising is going great. Patrick and Angie are doing an incredible job. They got a great team around them, helping them out. So uh, yeah, it's just around the corner. So go on runforgod.com and get signed up. Also, we <laughs> we got a lot of things that are popping up right now. We just yeah. released the. Uh, the ladies' skirts, which are a hit, um, you know, they don't—they're—they're they're not really my cup of tea. I don't wear skirts much. Um, <laughs> I'm sure everybody's glad to hear that. But uh, but yeah, they look great, um, and uh, the ladies are loving them. They're—they're they're just flying off the shelves. We're kind of in that pre-sale period right now. They're being uh, manufactured right now and should be here in a couple of weeks, and we'll get those shipped out. Or as of the time of this podcast, they may be close to already being out. Um, but yeah, go check those out. The the tanks are still buy four get one free, so you can get five tanks for the price of four. So got a lot of cool things going on, and also the launch of the new runforgod.com is very close at the at the at the time of this when this podcast is releasing. So uh, a lot of great things going on here. Go check it out. Get your friends. Get a class. Uh, get a class on the schedule for this fall for yeah. your community. Uh, don't be scared. If you feel like God's moving you to to coach or lead or facilitate one of these programs, a 5K challenge, then go ahead and start making plans to do that now. The fall is one of the most popular times to start a Run for God class. You got that nice, cool air coming in. People are wanting to get out and do stuff outside. So uh, be thinking about that. Pray about it. Yeah. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at jradio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back. And uh, we've had some pretty good Thursday night lives recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not tuning in on Thursday nights, it would be a good idea. We try to we try to do a variety of things on Thursday nights. It's a little looser. We t- we tend to, to to answer questions as they come, and um, it's just kind of a, a laid back way to uh, to talk about and learn about running and about different things. Um, and so, tune in on Thursday night if you're not doing that. Nine o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, on the Facebook page, the Run Club page. Everybody that's on there seems to have a lot of fun. It's very interactive, which yeah. is which is what we hoped it would have been. Yeah, uh, but people really queue in, ask questions, talk back and forth, and uh, so it's yeah, it's it's fun to kind of be on the fly on the wall and watch that. Yeah, watch that on Thursday nights. Yeah, I like to see the encouragement, people encouraging somebody. Yeah. Will, somebody will put something in there, and everybody all of a sudden everybody's praying for for yeah. somebody, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, technology. I was thinking about technology recently. 
because I remember a time, and I don't remember what what struck this chord with me, but uh, I remember a time when I, we used to go out for a run, and then we would go. I would get in my car and drive that route and measure it with my odometer to see how far I ran. I still have marks. You can still see marks on the road out in front of my house where the start-finish line for different distances are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Did you ever mark lines with, like, paint? No, I just used I – didn't, I didn't mark them, but I used landmarks yeah. for things. So I, once I knew how far a route was, I was fine with it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just remember that that time, and now we're so. And it spoiled. wasn't that long ago. No, that's the crazy thing is it really wasn't that long ago. Yeah, technology is getting is moving along so fast. It's yeah. so much better. I remember when GPS first came out, and it was not very accurate. No, and I I, I got a GPS watch when you had to wear this big box thing on your arm, and yeah, um, I've always I've always and right liked, before that it was the foot pod the yeah the yeah. Nike I don't even Nike Plus was that yeah. what it was where yeah. it, you had to calibrate it for your stride length, and then it knew how many times your foot hit the ground. And so, yeah. I don't know if you started going up a hill, it got really off because you shortened your stride easily. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the GPS has, has spoiled us, and and now you you got you know with heart rates and mm-hmm. and all of the things, your stride rate and your all. There's a gazillion things out there, and it's pretty cool. But um, it's just it's just different. I remember too. Uh, we used to keep paper logs. You know, we used to write stuff mm-hmm. down. Um, I just listened to an interview with a guy who still keeps a paper log, and he's he's a high schooler. Um, really? That was, I thought that was interesting. But, um, you know, that's another thing is now I get through running, and bef- I, I always walk a, a couple hundred meters after I get through running. And during that couple hundred meters, my, my watch is already telling me that I've, I've already uploaded my run for that run yeah. and uh it, it just keeps track of and all sometimes i i don't know lane you know lane's my resident technology yeah you know you always say people say you know you're getting old when you have to get your kids to do the technology <laughs> well i do that now and my watch sometimes i want to throw it because i'll be i'll be sitting at my desk and working and and i may have walked that morning or the afternoon before going to that afternoon and my watch a bzzz, and it'll say move. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, mine doesn't do that. Well, he turns it off, and somehow it turns itself back on. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And and so I'll go to him and I'll say, I'm 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 about to choke my watch here. It's telling me to move. I don't want to move. I'm working. <laughs> watch don't know that people actually work. So um, uh, sometimes the the technology can be just a little yeah that's over engineered. <laughs> You know, one that I remember that was funny was uh, when when portable CD players first came out. This was before MP3 players, <laughs> right? Before you could, you know, load your music on something kind of hard. And, and I remember running with a CD player in my hand. And it was like the Walkman, but it was a CD player. Yes. Yeah, it was like the cassette Walkman. That was the first thing yeah. that, that you ran with. And then, then they came out with the CD players. Well, they had not perfected the anti-skipping technology <laughs> at that point and so you had to be really you had to run nice and and, and even and and you couldn't couldn't jar it too much or it would skip that's why it was called the walk yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah I, I remember that that technology and now you know you we've got bluetooth and you got you can have all your music on your watch nowadays yes. i think lane can have me yeah. can you have it on your watch I, I don't put it on my watch but, but I could. you can yeah. yeah mine doesn't i get the hand-me-downs from lane yeah but uh but yeah it's just it's insane how 
far. It makes you wonder where are we going to be in another 10 years? Yes. So, yes. Uh, well, I just saw an interview and I, this isn't part of the script, but I just I just saw something where this computer guy had programmed this computer, a, a artificial intelligence stuff, and he had a conversation with this computer, artificial intelligence. And it was it's amazing. If you want to if you want to go Google that and look that up where this interview between this programmer and, and they wound up firing this guy at Google the guy worked at Google. They wound up firing him because of some of the things he said about it. But there are some people out there going AI is now alive, but it, it, it's so mm-hmm. good that now it thinks it really does think. And it really is scary. Well, they, they, they're getting it to where it can learn. Yes, it can learn like not having to be taught. It can learn. On its own, almost. Well, and this AI understood feelings. Yeah. That's, and that's where you... That's crazy. That's where it gets really crazy. It's, it's yep. real crazy. Uh, and I wonder about the implications. But, you know, I, I'm going to go off on another rabbit trail because I, I want everybody... This is going to be my stock pick for my one and only stock pick. But I feel like I know what the next big thing is. You know, we had... We had... Um, the power. We had light bulb. We had the internet we had the telephone and i keep saying we you always at least i do i always wonder what's going to be the next big thing i think it's going to be wireless power you think i think yeah because they've already kind of started you already kind of have it with the phone chargers in your vehicles Mm -hmm. now that's wireless yeah what they got to figure out is how to make it wireless where it doesn't kill you if you get in between that and the charging source but i was actually talking to my brother-in-law who he works for duke energy in the nuclear division he's an engineer around all the nuclear substations and all that and he said that the patents are already in place really yeah but the technology is probably years from being perfected but could you imagine just having your computer and not having to have a cord for there to be no more power lines yeah you know all that is yeah. The technology of the cell phone is what I'm talking about, where you have a tower. Right. And people for five miles around it get their power from that, that tower. That rhymes. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, if you see a company that's on the cusp of doing that, I'll be investing in it. Yeah. I think that's the next big, you know, like the internet size or the light bulb size things. Because that would, of course, I think. I think my prediction is the power companies will buy up that technology before it ever sees the light of day. Now, that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, but why would the power companies are still power dis- distribution well, yeah. people? So you would I just think. think about the grid that's already in place. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know, that, I don't know how we got off there. Well, my thing, here's what I think. Okay. You, that's your, your prediction. My prediction is the next big thing is fusion. Fusion is going to change power. You're gonna to have to explain what fusion. Well, is. Well, we're not gonna get into all that, but f- fusion is is. So is going, I have to go look this up. You have now. to go look it up. Okay. Yeah, but th- they basically fusion is now down to. It's kind of like what you're talking about. It's down to an engineering problem now, right? Yeah. That's what what you're talking about is. It's an engineering it's issue. Just, now. Let's figure out how to do it. We know it can be done. Yep. Let's figure out how to do yep. it. Yep. And fusion is kind of that way. So uh, yeah. So I think I think investing in fusion, the company that figures it out, is going to be the next big thing. So. Just so as we'll a say. disclosure, Dean and I are not stock advisors. <laughs> For uh, sure. Whatever the disclosures we're supposed to be giving right here, just don't listen to us. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Completely ignore us. It'd, be bad. It'd probably be best. Yeah. 
All right, second chances. I love second chances. Um, And it's been my experience that many of them are not successful, but very often they are, and the ones that are are just Mm. awesome. Mm -hmm. And so here's a story about second chances. It comes from, from Josh Johnson, and it's called Second Chances. I can't count the number of times in my life I've been given a second chance. As a young teenager, I loved the outdoors, and as my dad was teaching me to hunt and fish, I remember one November morning deer hunting on the edge of a field, me on one side and he on the other. A few hours passed, and as I began to get restless, a small buck stepped out into the field not 50 yards away. I raised my gun, shaking nervously, and took aim. Bang! The deer never moved and actually looked at me and started grazing again. I was sure I hit it. I chambered another round, making all kinds of noise, and took aim again. The deer still, standing broadside, hadn't moved. I took a deep breath and pulled the trigger. This time, I got him on my second chance. As a freshman in college, I thought I had it all figured out. I had graduated high school, top 10 in my class with honors, excelled in sports, and was that guy who was friends with everyone. At Christmas break, I didn't want to come home because I knew when my grades came in the mail, my parents were going to be furious because I basically wasted away the first semester. It was bad. But worse was the fact that my parents gave me a second chance, and I blew it again the second semester. So they brought me back home and I started working and going to the local community college to get my butt in gear. Eventually, I worked my way back up and graduated college with a master's in education administration on my second chance, maybe third this time. After teaching in the classroom for 10 years, a principal position came open in our district and this was something I desired. So I put my name in the hat and started praying hard with my wife. I received the new position and was so happy and thanked God for every her answered prayers, my answered prayers. To make a long story short, it was the worst year of my professional career, and I was removed from the position a year later, and I was devastated. I had done everything by the book and just couldn't understand it. So I had a good old-fashioned pity party and started questioning things. I remember even talking with God and saying, why? Why me? What did I do wrong? I thought for sure this principal position was where God wanted me. I never fully understood why two years later when God presented me with a new opportunity and a whole new career outside of education and even better than I had expected, God revealed to me then the whys that I had been struggling with on my second chance. In 2016, I ran my first race ever because my sister and father had been running for a few years and kept bugging me to try it. So I did, but I didn't train like I should. And to be honest, I was just doing it for them. I ended up hating it and remember saying to them, they were crazy and stupid for enjoying something like running. Three years later, I had a nudge from God to get back into running, but this felt different. You see, up to now, I'd been doing things in life for the wrong reasons, my reasons, I was doing things for me. I was saved at an early age and had been playing Christian for most of my life, and God was changing me. In 2019, I started running again with my family on my second chance. A year later, I was enjoying running so much, and it felt so different, but I still felt God pushing me more than I ever had to do more with my life, so I started praying for His will, and I would follow. 
I felt God saying that I needed to share my running with others and not just for me. So I literally sat down on the couch one night and Googled running and God. Guess what popped up first? The Run for God program. As I read through the pages and scrolled through the website, it felt like my insides were going to burst. It was everything God had been speaking to me about. After many prayers with my wife, family, pastor's family, and other church members, we started our first Run for God Team Coolidge group in April of 2021 for the 5K Challenge. We completed that challenge, and some of our group thought that that would be the end of it for them. This year, we decided to do the Couch to Marathon, and for many, this is their second chance. One flaw of mine is that I struggle sometimes to see things in the moment for what God is telling me, and I miss it and have to have second chances, and I thank God for them, but I want to get better at not needing a second chance. This past year, I missed one of those opportunities. Our group decided to come to Dalton for the 5K Challenge, and I couldn't wait. I was so excited to get to meet all of those people that had been cheering us on in the Run for God Facebook group, and I especially wanted to meet Mitchell and Dean. I had already made plans to share my story at the dinner, and I couldn't wait. Our group got there Friday evening for the meeting downtown. As we gathered up in the circle to introduce ourselves, Mitchell came over to me and pointed to me to start. I was so nervous I couldn't even get my name out. First chance, and I blew it. Next day, we completed the race, and God blessed our group tremendously, and me personally with a first-place age group win. First time ever in my life, and maybe the last. I wanted to thank them personally and introduce myself. I couldn't bring myself to it. Second chance, and I blew it again. At the dinner Saturday night, I knew the time was coming, and sure enough, Mitchell started walking around with the mic asking for stories. I started getting nervous, fidgety, sweating. I wanted to so bad. Third chance, blew it. On Sunday morning at their church service, after so many attempts, I finally got the courage to get up up to get Angie Hawkins to set up a photo pic with Dean and Mitchell. Here I stood between Dean and Mitchell getting a pic, and I still was nervous and didn't even know if I really introduced myself or not. Thanks, guys, and hopefully you will also give me a second chance to share my story next year at the dinner. Ultimately, God gives each of us a second chance. We are born into sin, but through his son, Jesus Christ, the salvation plan was completed to give us the second chance to live with him eternally. Thank you, Lord, for that saving grace and the many chances you give us daily. Thank God for second chances. (laughs) That's a great, great story. And if you're watching, I pulled this picture that Josh uh, talked about. This is me, you, and Josh. And, you know, I'm always tickled at at people. (laughs) And you're the same way. Yeah. We're just... We're just normal guys that sit up here and blabber on microphones. I'm as excited to meet Josh and all these people who are household names. They may not believe what we're saying here, yeah, but they are. These are household names that we see, we interact with on the Facebook group in different capacities. It may be through Steve Runner. You know, we have a lot of aliases that we interact with people on, and I'm I'm so giddy on Friday, yeah, and Thursday when people start showing up for the Run for God weekend and people get out of their car and you're like, 
I know that one. I know, oh, that's Josh, or oh, that's who. who yeah. I, I remember meeting Angie for the first time. Yeah. And I thought she was like a superstar. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's it's very humbling to hear a story like this. By the way, Josh, you got to tell your story. Yeah. And you got to tell it on a much bigger scale than, yes. than, than Saturday night at the, the Run for God weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a great. And what a great story. A great story. You know yeah. what really strikes me in this story, and I really didn't catch it the first time through that I read it, but reading it this second time, what really strikes me is how Josh clearly in this story it shows his maturity as a christian and how how much how mature he got he's getting as as a christian you know it showed that clearly his first attempts at at talking with god were this is what i want to do hey god bless what i want to do and he's gotten to the point now where he's looking for god what do you want me to do sure and uh he wants, now he wants to go where god is yeah yeah it's and, and be there it just it gives me goosebumps Which, just to think okay about. so you what what are you, you're looking at this picture and if you're if you're listening to the podcast you need to go watch it on on the youtube but i was i admired josh for one thing when i first met him the beard yeah yeah i've always wanted the salt and pepper I, a lot of people color their beard black. My beard is black, and I've always wanted the salt and pepper look. And so Just I don't wait. know if they make. Uh, Just wait, it's coming. What's the What's the stuff they make for men that you color your beard? Just for men. Just for men. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wonder if they have just for men salt and pepper. I don't know. That's to make one. it go. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, this is the picture of Josh that he's talking about. But yeah, this yeah. was a, an incredible story, and I, I'm glad he sent it in. Well done. Well, well done. done story. Well done story. Yep. Yeah. And I think second chances are so, so important. And I tell like what the the teams that I coach, I always tell them to soak in when we get opportunities to do cool stuff. Um, you know, I told them last year we won our third conference championship in a row. And I said, soak this in. Enjoy this. Revel in it because we may not be back here next year. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope we are. Sure. But we might not be. And, and really, really understand that you've done something really significant and it's really cool and you should really enjoy it because you may not get a second chance because sometimes mm-hmm. we don't yeah and um and I, and I think it taking advantage of things and realizing that is important um and of course you you can't help but look at the uh, the implications of god giving us second chances right. third chances tenth chances four thousandth chances yeah because we just we just mess up regularly yeah and and god tells us that he's gonna forgive us over and over again and he you know in the bible it even tells us to forgive other people and you know jesus was asked how many times should i forgive somebody yeah and and basically he says seven times 70 yeah every time every time and that's just a figure of speech it's not actually seven times 70 which i don't even know what that number is 4900 or something it's or 490 Uh, it's every time it's every time yeah 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 and that's that's hard for us because and and this is the part that that gets me um is that god forgives us every time and we have a hard time forgiving other people every time Mm -hmm. i think we'll get into that more as we we go through these scripture passages micah 7 18 says who is a god like you pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy you know i i think this is surely this is a a rhetorical question because there is none like god um 
but we have unlimited chances with God. Now, I don't say that. That the point is not that we have unlimited chances, so kind of go do what you want to do. But number one, we got to be a child of God. You know, just last night we were reading as a family in Romans, and I, I call this the the Doctor Seuss verse in Romans, and it's where Paul is talking about I do the things that I do not want to do, and I do not do the things that I want to do. Yeah, and it you know how it goes through mm-hmm. that. I think two or three times, and it's if it, it feels like a Doctor Seuss book when you're reading it, but it's it's Paul, you know vividly explaining that we are we are in our flesh here we are in our sinful flesh we're in a sinful world and this is the struggle that we all deal with but thank god for god's grace and mercy and forgiveness that he he knows we're going to go off the rails now that's not to say that we have to go off the rails mm-hmm. you know i posed a, a question to my boys the other night it was kind of a trick question we were in romans four or five and uh but i asked the question i said is it possible to not sin and they both went to say and then they stopped and they really sat there and thought about it and they said yes and that is the correct answer it is possible yeah to not sin that's a great question it is possible yeah but society many times says that society in the church world yeah. says well you're under grace that's kind of a license to do what you want to do no that's that's not the case yeah we are to do everything in our power and we have the tools at hand to yeah. not sin that's we right. we are children of god jesus and jesus did it as an example for us so if it was done as an example for us then it shows that it can be done well, what's interesting about Jesus and him not sinning was, I think we look at Jesus and we think, well, it was easy for him to, to not sin. No. Think about how many times Jesus had to get away from a situation He's and go spend man. lots of time praying. Sure. To And that's why he had to do that, right? Yeah. And I, and I we talked about this the other night, and I kind of compared it to a workout. You know, if I, I don't like, I don't like the term, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. I, I never have liked that. It kind of makes my skin crawl because um, it's it's kind of like saying I'm an elite athlete who fails all the time, and I'm just going to try again. Yeah. You don't you don't wake up thinking about tom- or this afternoon's workout, saying I'm just I'm going to fail at that, but yeah. I'll go give it a try anyway. Why why do we have that attitude with our walk with Christ? No, we should get up. Every day saying, God, I'm I'm going to be the best version of me with your help today, and I'm going to get through this day not sinning. Yeah. And if it happens, we, we've got grace there. We get up, we go again tomorrow, and we say, today's the day. If we have that kind of anticipation, expectation, you know, God, God says to pray expectantly. But many times we pray for help with struggles yeah. Not expecting anything because we're just a sinner saved by grace. And that's I really I know like I'm kinda getting on a tangent, but no, it's I don't a great like one. that. We don't do that in every other area of our lives. We don't no. go to work saying, I'm probably just gonna be mediocre today, but I'm gonna go anyway. Yeah. No, we go in and we say, I'm gonna be the best I can be today. Yeah, but that's a good point. We allow ourselves to settle many times when it comes to our to sin 
I remember when I was a younger guy, much, much younger guy, and I remember I had a, let me just say, I, I use a lot of language I shouldn't have used mm-hmm. at one time in my life, and I, I, did, I did it a lot. And I made up my mind one time, basically God convicted me and said, you need, you need to stop it, yeah. period. And I remember every day doing exactly what you're talking about. Every day I woke up, I was like, okay, I'm not, not going to use one of those words today. And then I would, and I would count every day how many of those words I used. And I would tally that at the end of the day and go, I'm doing better tomorrow. Sure. And, you know, that's really what we should do. From just from a general sin standpoint, right? We should look at it the same way is, okay, God, yeah, I, I messed up three times yesterday. Today I'm, I'm going to do better. Yeah, I love that sentiment. That's fantastic. And I think a lot of people talk about God, and we, we talk about God allowing bad things to happen. And I, I think about that when I look at this this verse and and. and and I think about it when it when we talk about sin. Why does God let us do that kind of thing? And why do bad things happen to good people? And all of those stories. And I think, but this is what we focus on: what God doesn't do, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't stop these things. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on what He's not doing, and we're not focusing on what He does do. He forgives us every single time. Now think about that in the context of your best friend. What if your best friend did something um, negative towards you every single day? Mm -hmm. How long would they be your best friend? Mm -hmm. Probably not. But with God, it's every single time. Right. So, yeah, I I, I love that verse. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's a rare thing these days. Unfortunately, I say that it's it's not rare, but it's rare in certain contexts. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I don't know why my mind went here, but I think about families who struggle with forgiveness because someone took a loved one from them. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that the things that God has prompted me to forgive people for pale in comparison to something like that. Um, but that's the exact kind of forgiveness that he asked us to extend because that's the exact kind of forgiveness that he used as the example. Yeah. This, this world took his son. Yeah. Who was innocent, who had never sinned. And he paid that price. And that was the example for us that it doesn't matter what happened as bad and heinous as you may think it is. And it is. We're to forgive that person. Yeah. And I hope I never have to struggle with, with those type scenarios, but if I do, you know, I hope I, I I hope with God's grace that and and strength that I will be able to. But I, I don't know why my mind went there when I read this because it's the it's the ultimate forgiveness. It's yeah. it's about as bad as it can get. But that frees you. You know, you, you say that unforgiveness it doesn't affect the person that needs to be forgiven. It only affects the person that's needs to extend the forgiveness yeah and that's true it is yeah. it, unforgiveness will haunt you it as will. the person that needs to extend it it will and what one of the things that scares me about what you're talking about what this verse is talking about and you know social media is a place where not just social media message boards 
um, articles that are posted and, and then comments that follow all of those things are making it easy for us to be really callous towards mm-hmm. one another because we don't see the person on the other end. Right. We're, the truth is, is that people who are keyboard warriors probably when they see people face to face are way kinder than they are than yeah. when they're behind, yeah. behind yeah. the keyboard or the textures or the yeah. textures. Yeah. yeah. All, all of that. Um, but here's what scares me the most is we have virtual reality stuff that is getting realer and realer every day. We're talking about artificial intelligence a little while ago. You combine that with virtual reality. And what's going to what scares me is that this is giving a place for people that you're talking about. The people who have had that loved one taken away from this is going this is going to give them a place to go away from everybody. Yeah. And be on their own in their own little their built world that's yeah. not even real. And, yeah, I, and that's a scary, scary thing. I don't know what you think about all that. I know that when uh, Lane was younger, there was a t- and they did away with it pretty quick. And I think it was because of the parents. But there was the swim club that Lane is on. He's still the club he's still on. Um, they had they got these virtual reality goggles and it was it was. It was a tutorial on swim, and you could put these on, and and you could really, evidently the sensations or whatever. It was very real. I never would let Lane do that, hmm. and and I have never put a set on. I I refuse to put a set on because I th- I feel like I think it's it's cool. Yeah, I think I would probably enjoy it. Yeah. And that scares me for the reason you're talking about. It's a yeah. slippery slope. And I've just, I mean, I have set my foot down that as long as you're in this house, you're not putting a set of those on. And it, it I, I, I feel like I sound old fashioned. I feel like I sound like my dad when the cell phone first came out or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But, and, and maybe it is the same thing, but I don't think it is because yeah. a cell phone, you, you still have to talk to somebody. There, there's somebody on the other end of what you're doing with well, this virtual reality and AI stuff. It's, it's what you build, and, and you you can have a whole world that has no human contact in it, and that's not how we're made. That no. is, we are social people by creation, and uh, I don't know. I, we, and, and it's why we, we have to be very purposeful in connecting with God. That's sure. that's why that's so, so important, because, because God will direct us, and I, I would dare say that part of the reason why you're you have that feeling about virtual reality is conviction from God, you know, of God saying, be careful, be careful of what you do. You know, well, I mean? and, uh, you know, I've, I've said on here before, how do you know when God's talking to you? And I, I've always said that when, when what he's saying contradicts with what you're feeling and it really doesn't make sense. Well, my feeling, like I just said, I feel like I would probably enjoy it. Yeah. But my gut, everything in me, the Holy Spirit inside of me is is throwing up red flags right and left. And that's how that's how I know it's God. And that's why I know I should listen to it, because I have no doubt if I put a set of those on and it was whatever, I would think, oh, man, this is pretty cool. And then it's over. Yeah. And uh, God wants us to enjoy things. He wants us to have an enjoyable life. Right. He talks about an abundant life. That's an enjoyable life. But not but, things that pull you away from him. That's right. Yeah. And and you're right. That that could do it. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's the example. 
that's it mm-hmm. that's period um and we so we talk about sinning and all that we so don't deserve it and we this whole story is about second chances and this is god giving us a second chance and so the question to everybody to me to you to everybody is what are we doing with that second chance you know i mentioned that there's people get second chances and and i've given people second chances a number of times that didn't work out very well Mm -hmm. um and probably more often than not Mm -hmm. but i've given people second chances too where they it, it was a it was a game changer and a life changer for them and uh, the, the question is, what are we doing with the second chance that God has given us on life mm-hmm. by sending his son? And, um, you know, if our answer is, I don't know that I'm doing much with it, well, we need to double down. Because the truth is, he's going to give us the third chance and the fourth chance. So we need to take one of those chances and run with it, right? Yeah. Um, this, in this verse, of course, this is probably the most well-known verse in the Bible, sure. I would say. And, and a lot of I don't know that most people understand that this was this was Jesus talking to Nicodemus mm-hmm. when when this was said when Jesus said this, and it's so well known. But I think about I, I never really put this together before. But this is Jesus trying to explain what is different about him because Nicodemus has this interest in Jesus and trying to figure out what 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 is it? There's something about you, and I know there's something about you, and what is it? And this is Jesus describing. This is the most important thing about telling Nicodemus why he's different. And so Nicodemus needed to hear that. And this is this is why this is the most important verse in the Bible is because we all need to hear it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicodemus was the ultimate skeptic. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he was parsing every word that Jesus was saying. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, it still amazes me how how precise Jesus was in his language. Exactly, in the way that yeah. he said, yeah. said things. No, not, not a word too much. Yeah, not a word too little. Yeah, and uh, that's why it's still relevant today. Yeah, and he knew that people were hanging on every single word and looking for one word out of place. Just like today, cancel culture. They're looking for one indiscretion, one word that you say that's not right. I mean, cancel culture is not a new thing. The Pharisees were. <laughs> They were the first group of <laughs> cancer true. culturists. That's um, true. Uh, question, how many second chances have others and God given you over time? You know, when I read this, it's it's easy to, to go, it's easy to think, oh, you're doing pretty good. I, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I only, only had one or two last week, as if that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe maybe everybody listening to this thought that, and because when I when I heard it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good," until you think about your thoughts. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that gets close right there because, I mean, scriptures are clear. Your your thoughts are just as as damning as as actions when it comes to the the realm of sin, and um, that's why we're to hold our thoughts captive. That's why we need to stay in the Word. That's why we need to be praying and, and interacting with others who are like us because you, you may be the person that never acts on sin, but the act of thinking many times can be sin. Yeah. And when you start to put that in this equation, 
I can't count the second chances. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, God gives us so many and, and, and people, uh, I mentioned to you when I got here this morning, I shared some frustration with you that, uh, you never do that though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always rant right before this podcast. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Well, and this morning it was, um, I had, we had a, a practice scheduled and your forgetters getting worse. Yes. And you texted me and said, Hey, can we do this at a different time? And I was just like, yeah, we can. Yeah, no problem. And then it didn't even hit me. It, it didn't hit me until last night that, Oh no, that was the same time as practice was supposed to be. And so, um, so I, it, we worked it out, but, <laughs> but those girls, they get so it's, it's funny because they know me they know how I am. And they're so forgiving of my forgetfulness and my, and it's, well, it's see, I've got a little Dean living in my house now. Yeah. Landon last night, you know, Landon has started this new woodworking company and he's, I mean, he's just working all the time. Well, at six, 20 last night holly goes out there and she says are you going to church he said yeah and she said well <laughs> he said what time does it start she said six he said what time is it she said six twenty. <laughs> he was like oh okay i'll be back he got in his truck and went to church i'm like that is I, not my kid. I love that is Landon. Not my kid. No, he's no, it's not. <laughs> no, but what's funny about because if you had done something like that, you'd be freaking out, right? And Landon's like, "All right, I'll just get, I'll just go." Yeah. Well, I'll the problem go. is he just stopped what he was doing. No cleanup. We've had the whole you yeah. stop thirty minutes before you're ready to stop yeah, yeah. and clean this place up. He just lays everything down, takes off, and there I am cleaning stuff up at that point. So. <laughs> I, I understand the struggle, but I don't get it. Well, but and I think that's important that we all learn to give second chances as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said before that my wife knows me and understands me. I think when we first got married for the first four or five years, I was really, really frustrating to her because of because of the way that I am. And sure. after a while, she got to realizing that it, it's it's not because I don't care. It's not because it's because it's just how I'm wired. And so she just, she, she's in that mode of, okay, she texts me all the time. Hey, don't forget this. She sees something on my calendar and goes, you know, you got this coming up and I probably remembered it, but she's texting me anyway, just in case I forgot. And that's really, that's really comforting because I, I think when people's, I think that's the thing we miss all of, all the time is we miss people's hearts being in the right place. Sure. And when somebody's heart is in the right place, I don't mind giving somebody second, third, fourth, fifth, however many, when 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 their intentions are good. And um, but in this day and time, that's not the usual thing. Now it, it's it's fine for me and you. You know, you could do things, and I'm you know you and I have this relationship where I'll, I'm going to forgive you every time. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just not it's not a big deal. Because, because we're friends. Sure. But the person we don't like, the person who has the wrong political opinion from us, mm-hmm. well, as soon as they do one thing wrong, we want to throw them under the bus and go, ah, scream it from the mountaintops. That's right. Yeah. 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 And that's a shame. Question number two. Have you ever had a time in your life where you made a decision you were sure was God's plan, but then found out it was really part of a bigger plan later? Getting 12 t-shirts made. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's my go-to answer there. It's the ultimate. That's absolutely what it was. Yep, yep. And, and even it, for me, too, in, in my involvement in Run for God, it was I was just going to help write a book, and then I was going to be done. Yeah. And here we are. We were going to teach one class and be yeah, done. Yeah. And years later, we're now we're now we got this run club thing, and we're 118 episodes into podcast. I mean, think about it. we've we've mentioned this before, but for the people who may be new here, think about what both of us would have done. Me, 12 years ago, you, what seven years ago now? Yeah, eight years ago. If if God would have revealed to us the bigger picture, if when He prompted me to go get 12 T-shirts made. If he would have gave me a glimpse into today, or he would have gave, when you were still at another job, would have gave you a glimpse in to today without any context, but just the fact that we were going to be quitting our jobs, you know, we were going to be stepping out on faith. That That's the reason he doesn't do that is because I would have been running from yeah, God in that true. instance because I would have said, I, I can't do that, God. But he gives us those breadcrumbs, those street lights, whatever illustration you want to to give. That's that's the reason that many times you feel like you're in the dark is because what the light is going to shine on next may be too big for you to comprehend right now. And I'm absolutely sure that that's what is happening and is continuing to happen in this ministry. We don't know. People ask us a lot. What are your goals for Run for God? We don't know. We don't have, and you, you, you know this. We have meetings once a month or so, and we kind of plan out what we're trying to do in the next year. But we, we don't have a ten-year game plan here. Right. We don't. I have a prayer rock right behind me. I, I, I anytime I pray for somebody or 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 have a, I, I don't just flippantly tell people that I'm going to pray for them. Because most times we don't, if we're being real. I, if I tell you that, I'm putting it on a rock, and I'm, I'm committing to that. Well, one of the things that I put on a rock years and years ago was God give me the opportunities to share the gospel in a big way. Well, there's that's a that's a goal, yes. Well, that's that's a commandment that we're supposed to have. But there are no. We need to be at this number by this date. We need to be at this number by this date. We haven't grown like, honestly, we thought we would. You know, we grew really fast in the early days, and we kind of leveled off. Then we've kind of had a spike up. We don't have forecast. We don't have, um, we don't we don't have a ten year plan. And I I feel like it's for the reason that I I would have never told you ten years ago that we would be sitting here today yeah and i feel like a lot of time i mean planning and forecasting and budgeting and all that stuff is you know me i'm all about it Mm -hmm. but sometimes that can hinder us yeah sometimes that's us putting god in a box saying well god you you can't really grow faster than this because this is our plan yeah god don't care about (laughs) what the spreadsheet says if he needs to make it happen he's going to make it happen with or without us and we need to we've always kind of kept the attitude here the doors open you yeah. know we need to make sure the bills are paid we need to make sure the lights are on we need to make sure the infrastructure is in place to grow you know with this new website that's part of why we're always doing these things on the technology side is so that if if God decides to bring a million people into this ministry next week 
<laughs> the ladies outside might be flipping out because that's a <laughs> lot of t-shirts to print but we're always trying to keep the infrastructure in place because I have no doubt there's going to come a day where God's going to do something huge in this ministry. We're one tweet, one post, one something away from, I mean, we're kind of at that tipping point that Malcolm Gladwell talks about in his book. Yeah. I feel like we, we've been sitting there, but I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. And I would be a fool to try to predict when that's going to be or try to make that happen. Because all we're doing is putting God in a box when we do that. And so, so yeah, I mean, that's that may be a little more behind the curtain than, than we should have gave, but that's the truth. We we really kind of go week by week here. We, we don't go, we don't have big forecasting strategy sessions, do we? No. And, you know, Run Club is really the model of that because we started Run, we knew we wanted to do something like a Run Club back several years ago, and we started that, and it, kind of fall started yeah. and, and it, it it wasn't didn't turn out like we wanted it to and then really I, if I remember I think it was just a conversation we were having one day about here's some things we could do and then all of a sudden we're talking with the folks at the radio station about starting a podcast and we're like you know I wonder if all this will work and it we just it was it and was in episode two a crazy thing happened yeah yeah the think, whole world shut down yeah who, who knew yeah that Run Club was at the right place at the exact right time. Mm -hmm. We didn't. No, but somebody else did. God did. And yeah. and I thank God that we had allowed that door. God had laid this on our hearts, and we kind of started flushing out. You know, some people would have said, oh, that's not going to work. We need to shut that. But we really felt that this was the direction that we were supposed to be taking this ministry. And could you imagine where we would be if, that hadn't been in place yeah i mean covid was hard enough even with run club in place i if run club had not been there i, I don't know that run for god would have made it through covid i really don't yeah I because think. we were <laughs> we were we were probably the worst demographic on planet earth because we rely on groups yeah. in churches yeah is what we historically have relied on mm -hmm. and 100% of that dried up overnight. Yeah. And, but Run Club was there at the right time. Yeah. It's pretty awesome to watch God work. Last question. Sometimes as Christians, we have a hard time giving others a second chance. Why? Aren't you glad God doesn't extend the same to us? It's kind of what we were talking about a few minutes ago, right? We're so glad that God gives us the, the second chances and we need to be giving other people a second chance. We need to we don't need to follow this model of cancel culture where we take one indiscretion somebody had ten years ago and we go, Oh, well, that person clearly is a bad person because of something they, they did um, many, many years ago. And I, I'm I'm afraid that we the people that we do that with are often people that are really close to us. And I was what was it? I was well, in my own life, I'll be a little transparent here. Uh, my father, when I was growing up, didn't spend a lot of time with me. Mm -hmm. And he regrets it today. Mm -hmm. Now, I can go back and I can look at that. And I remember when my mother was alive and we we had discussions about it. And, and she would, you know, my father would kind of creep into my life and we would do things together. And she was a little bit jealous of that, mm -hmm. if, if I'm being truthful. 
And she would kind of call me out on it. You know, your father was never there for you when you were younger. And I, I would tell her, I would say, listen, I know who was there for me when I was younger. I'll never, ever forget my mother and where she was and the things she did for me when I was younger. But my father regrets not being there. And he he now wants to be different. Sure. And I should forgive him for those things from when I was younger. And certainly I did and have. And um, and it's been great yeah. because of that. And um, that, that's that's a picture of who God wants us to be, I think. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station on J Radio. All right, like we said, like we always say, J Radio, world's greatest music platform. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure that you go do that for sure. So, hey, have you ever heard of something called sciatic nerve flossing? Flossing? Flossing. I'd never heard this phrase before, and I just heard it this past week. That sounds painful. Sciatic nerve <laughs> flossing. I know what the sciatic nerve is, but I've never heard of sciatic nerve flossing. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, you know, sciatic, sciatic nerve pain is something that we, we talk about it in a general sense, but sciatic nerve pain can come in a lot from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. It can actually be in your spine. It can be down in your leg. It can be in your glute. It can be, it can be anywhere along the sciatic nerve, which is the nerve that runs from your back all the way down into your foot. And so, um, but this, this, this is a new thing, I guess. I guess I assume it's new where we, we try to get those nerves to move more freely by doing specific motions that that help with with that and um, i have some sciatic nerve on my left side of my body i have some sciatic nerve issues on occasion Mm -hmm. and it's funny because i'm reading about this sciatic nerve flossing and a lot of the things that it talks about that help with that are things that instinctively i do when i start getting those sensations Mm -hmm. in my in my left side um I don't do them because I've never read anywhere to do those things. I just know it feels good to do it. You know, one of the things that it talks about is taking your your knees and pulling your knees up to your chest um, and holding them to your chest where it's, it's kind of stretching and pulling on mm-hmm. your spine, uh, that that helps to to release spots where maybe it's caught on a bone or something like that. And uh, and that's I, I do those things instinctively. It's mm-hmm. funny how God made us to instinctively. Well, it's kind of like if you're if you're you know you're low in sodium, you'll crave salt. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy how the body works like that. It's yeah, it's so cool. So yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do for your sciatic nerve when you have things like that, and this is one of those things that you can do. There's again, there's there's different exercises that you can do. You can Google those and look those up. We're not going to go over those here, but. Um, I think they need to rename that though. Sciatic flossing. There, what about stretching? <laughs> there, there's a couple. There, there's. It's also called nerve flossing, nerve gliding, or neurogliding. None of those sound appealing. No, they don't. They yeah. sound painful. Yeah. And, <laughs> but if you say sciatic stretching, people could get behind that. That's probably why you've never heard of it, or I've never heard of it, because nobody sound. wants to talk about flossing your sciatic nerve. <laughs> 
uh, I need to go back to the marketing department on that one. Well, it's. <laughs> I, I think there. I think this could be a big thing at some point in the future. You know, it's a lot like you know, chiro- if you ever call, talk, talk to a chiropractor about how, why chiropractic works, it's because everything is is Connected. goes into your nerves, and everything is controlled by your nerves. Well, I was going to say, well, when you started talking about this, that. There, there's so many places on the side of the nerve that could be painful, but there's thousands of places that it can originate from. Right. It could be in your foot yep. is causing sciatic issues. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just yeah, just trying to track that down sometimes is, is a hard thing to do. Yeah. So if you have these sensations down one leg, typically that's a sciatic nerve thing. And um, you, maybe you check this out. Maybe it's something that might help, uh, help uh, get you better. All right. It's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, a lot of people like things to be put into numbers. I know you're a numbers guy. So uh, let's do that with running. This one's called the 4% investment. What does it mean to invest? We often think about the monetary application of the term, and it surely is a great example. You temporarily give up something today, in this case money, to get something more in the future, which is more money. We can look at running as an investment into our health. We give up something today, the time and energy, to get more in the future, a better, more abundant life. Of course, we can look at diet or getting a yearly checkup the same way. There are several things we can do, investments we can make that will enable us to live a more fulfilling and or longer life. There are 168 hours in a week. If you exercise one hour a day, that means you are spending just over 4% of your week exercising. When you think about it, it's not much to ask. If you work at a company that offers a retirement plan, maybe you already see how important 4% can be. If you start putting 4% of your pay into a 401k plan when you first start working and you continue for the remainder of your working life, you'll have quite the nest egg on which to retire. 4% is not much at one time, but multiply it week after week after week, and eventually it becomes a big number. And that's how running works too. One five-mile run doesn't do a lot, but string together a bunch of runs or walks, and what a difference you can make to your fitness. And I think we would all agree that an hour a day is enough to make a huge difference. We often hear about how difficult it is to find time to run, and I've been guilty myself. But let's compare the time it takes to get in a good run or walk to watching television. Many of us find time to catch either a news program or a show once a day. Let me ask an intrusive question. Which would serve you better in the long run, NCIS or a five-mile run? Once again, multiplied over many occasions, the five-mile run is certainly better for you. 4%. That's all it takes to get yourself into what may be the best shape of your life. Is it worth the investment? I would think so. Let's imply the investment scenario to witnessing. Let's say you go up to one stranger a day and tell them about Jesus. For many of us, the thought of doing that is terrifying, isn't it? Let's say that 24 out of 25 of uh, of those you talk to um, reject what you're telling them. It would be sad, and it would hurt to be rejected that often, wouldn't it? But that one out of 25 who did something with what you had to offer them could more than make up for it, couldn't it? In a year's time, that could be 15 people who may come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Would that make it worth it? It certainly is an interesting prospect, isn't it? 
Incidentally, that's 4% of the people you would talk with in that year. We don't think much about investing 4% into a 401k plan. We don't think much about watching an hour of television a day. Why do we spend so much time fretting over an hour a day of exercise? It is a simple investment, a wise investment. So how about making the 4% commitment today? One hour a day, seven days a week, or even five or six days a week. It could change your life. And maybe think about sharing Jesus a little more. That could change someone else's life. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about the thing about sharing Jesus is there's the compound effect. That's right. That yeah. person that you share with goes and shares somebody else. And yeah, that's a, that's an incredible illustration. I've never heard it put like that, Dane. Even from the from the fitness side or the the witnessing side. You know, we yeah. focus on we focus on the twenty four that reject us. Yeah, we do. But if we just focus on the one that accepts us. Yeah. And over time, what that looks like, mm-hmm. good golly. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. What a difference. What If we all did that, what a difference we would all make, for sure. Yeah. And 4%, I mean, 4%. You think about an hour a day. It feels like a lot when you think about going out for a run every day. I mean, it feels like it's a big portion of your day every day, but it's 4% is not much when, when you think about it. Um, yeah. So, it, it, and I say 4% every day, um, seven days a week, but that includes other things too, not just running, if you happen to be running or a walker, whatever it is you happen to do, but substitute that with something else. Maybe you go for a swim, maybe you go for a hike, maybe you do something um, else, but just that 4% a day uh, four, it would, would, would be a huge thing. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, as far as the medical professionals today would tell you, that's, that's going above and beyond doing four percent. Well, they say that yeah. the standard is thirty minutes a day yeah. of of mm-hmm. getting your heart rate up. So if you could, if you take it from two to four, then you're you're rocking it. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and so I think that the and this idea again you mentioned about talking with one person a day. Um, I remember I saw a guy one time. It was fast break athletics mm-hmm. in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and this guy was just in there, and he – I can't even explain what he was doing. But he was just sharing Christ with everybody that would listen to him. And he wasn't doing it in a in a, in a a way that seemed like it was crazy or unreasonable. or But he was just sharing with anybody who would listen to him. Mm-hmm. And I still remember that. This has, been, this has been 10 years ago. And I still remember that guy today because there was just something about – the boldness mm-hmm. of doing that in a way that was, again, it wasn't in your face. You know, we've we've all seen the guy who's in your face, right. and, and that's unappealing. This guy wasn't really in your face. It was but Jesus coming out of him. It really was. It yeah. really was. It was really cool to to watch. He wasn't that. projecting. It was just coming out. He couldn't help it. Yeah, yeah. And I think about Mark Yoho. Yeah, you know he. Yeah, <laughs> he wants people to be. He wants bad circumstances uh, yeah. surrounding his sharing, right? Yeah, I mean, he definitely <laughs> has a ministry that is very specific, and God has built him just for it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Mark loves the confrontation. He loves he loves for people to come at him when he's trying to share Christ. And the crazy thing is, you may think that that's not uh, effective. 
but it absolutely is. Yeah. We, we all have a specific mission field for a reason. And Mark has his mission field. We, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to reach runners. Who knew? I mean, yeah. and that's why I, I love ministry. That's why I love ministry outside the church because we all have spiritual gifts. We all have gifts. We all have talents. And, um, you know, mine is more walking nowadays and yours is, is running and put those two together. And gosh, think about the number of people that, that we have the opportunity to share with. Yeah. Um, and you know, you may be out there and maybe, maybe running is not your number one thing that you like to do. Maybe it's, I, I don't know. I'm sitting here looking at a, a, a hunting dog picture on, maybe it's hunting. Yeah. There's a mission field there. Yep. Maybe it's crochet. There's a mission field there. Find what find what you're passionate about and you're good at, and that's where God wants you. Yeah, for sure. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back, and there's so much going on in the professional track world right now. And I, I know, I, I, I imagine we have listeners, we have some who look forward to hearing about this, and some who are like, oh, he's going to talk about professional folks again. But it's, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, NCAAs are over. There had some, there were some great performances there. The USA Championships are coming up, and then the World Championships, and it's all all coming together right now and it's it's so much fun to watch some of these folks noah lyles um just ran crazy fast for the 200 so he's back i'm I'm really excited to see him back he seems like he's probably the guy to beat in the 200 worldwide um hopefully he could that'll come together it didn't last time in the olympics so hopefully it'll come together of course we still have kung kung fu kenny Bednarik, who's also really good. And this Joseph Fonbelay, they just had the NCAA championships, and Joseph Fonbelay won the 100 and the 200. Here's what's interesting about Joseph Fonbelay. He's a huge guy. It's a lot like Usain Bolt was so much bigger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, Fonbelay is kind of like that. He's a real big guy. And once he gets up to full speed, he's just so fast. But it takes him a while. So in the 100 meters at the NCAA championships, halfway through the race, he was dead last in the championship and then wound up winning hmm. and just passed everybody. I've never heard of somebody sitting and kicking in the hundred, but that seems to be the way he operates. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, and of course I'm, he, I'm going to sit in for the first four seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to turn it on. For yeah. Six. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, He's uh, an interesting guy, and he's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to be interested to watch him in the NCAA in the in the USA's because, um, gosh, as fast as he is, over as a matter of fact, his coach, you he goes to the University of Florida, which is, you know, they're, they're, they've had a lot of really really fast guys at the University of Florida, and his coach has coached many many world class people, 
uh, Olympians. And he says that this guy is the fastest top end speed guy he's ever seen. Hmm. So going to be interesting to see if he can put it all together. And another another sprinter, Shakari Richardson, kind of came back. She's she's one of those flamboyant people. She was wearing fishnet stuff, and just I don't understand why you want to wear all that stuff when you're running. She she'll have these big eyelashes and jewelry, and she's all about the eyes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but she's back to running well again. So um, of course she was beaten by another American, Aaliyah Hobbs, from uh, a former LSU runner. Um, one of the another interesting thing that just happened to Devin Allen. Um, you know, he went to the University of Oregon. I think he's like twenty seven now, so it's been a few years. But he ran twelve point eight four for the hurdles, which is one of the fastest times in history. Uh, I think it's third fastest all time. Devin Allen is a football player now. Hmm. He is is trying out for the Philadelphia Eagles as a receiver. They don't know he's got probably an outside chance of making the team. They said he's probably going to make the practice squad. But we've talked about this before, that it seems like people who do more than one sport, why triathletes thrive a lot of times, um, he seems to be better when he's you know, doing some football on the side. I've never thought about a hurdler. That just naturally makes a good receiver or running back. I mean, you would think. You spend a lot of your time jumping over people. and Yeah, never thought about that. Yeah, yep. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Caitlin Tuohy won the 5K from NC State um, for her first NCAA title. You know, she was a big high school phenom, mm-hmm. talked about for years. And so it's cool because a lot of times those they fade away yeah. and Caitlin's back on top. And uh, that's really, really cool to see because I think she's got a big future. And then one of my favorite stories of the weekend was Abby Steiner. Uh, from Kentucky she ran 21.8 in the 200 she won the uh, she ran the the 100 I think she finished third or fourth in the 100 and then she ran the 4x4 and it's the most amazing 4x4 leg I've ever seen she went from being 20 meters back to leading the race by the time she she uh gave the, the gave up the baton um, just absolutely incredible so you have a girl here who is incredible from 100 meters all the way to 400 meters hmm. the last person that i remember that could do that was um um the mother though i'm not gonna be able to help you there yeah. oh allison felix. allison felix wow yes. i knew look some, at there, some track there? Trivia. yeah uh and so she's all she's allison felix like her wow. prs are actually very close to what Allison Felix's are, hmm. um, so that's that's she's going to be an up and coming, interesting person to watch. Abby Steiner, don't forget that name. Courtney Waymet was another one. She ran the steeplechase and set the NCAA record by a long way. The old record was nine twenty four, and she ran nine sixteen. That's huge. Um, so there there are very few women who ever who have ever run under nine minutes. So that tells you how how good she is. She's sixteen seconds away from that. Um, there's only one American that's ever run under nine minutes. That's Courtney Frerichs. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how Courtney does with, of course, Courtney Frerichs and Emma Coburn when it comes time for the USA's here shortly. So it's uh, I'm, I'm, so what was the deal? I, I saw a, a race. We were in Florida. What was going on when we were in Florida? And Emma Coburn was dead last in the steeplechase. What happened with that? Was it she's just off day? or Yeah. Yeah. She just hadn't looked good. Um Courtney was in Courtney Frerichs was in that one too, yeah. and she didn't run well either. Hmm. Um, but they they have since run another race since that race, and they they looked much better. Hmm. So I think they're rounded into sh- into shape at the right time. I think they're probably running through some. They weren't peaking for those races, and, and just looking to to get into better shape. So 
we'll see um and another fun story florida a girl from florida anna hall she's a heptathlon heptathlete you know those are the athletes that do multiple events they do eight different events in in two days and uh she so she's running four of it she's basically competing in four events in one day and they're basically back to back to back they're they're pretty close together and um in the middle of that she also runs the 400 meter hurdles event and so she runs the 400 meter hurdles event and then 20 minutes later has to run the 800 meters for the heptathlon so the 400 hurdles is not part of the heptathlon no, or it is it is so, not so that's an individual yeah the 100 meter hurdles is part of the heptathlon right. 400 meter hurdles is not so it's a whole separate event that she just throws in in the middle and 20 minutes before the 800 which is the most painful thing of the heptathlon is that sure. 800 meter run at the end um, she finished second in the hurdles <laughs> man she struggled in that 800 though she's a great 800 runner she didn't have to worry about it because in the heptathlon it's all about points and she had enough points that it really all she had to do was finish and she was going to be fine and so that's what she was doing but um but it was it was fun to watch her all she's trying to do is score as many points as she can for her school and it's really cool to see people who are invested that yeah. much and trying to do well for their school um so I know we got to move on. I know we got to get off here. We're we're about to start running late, but I w- I want you to tell everybody the story you just told me before we started about the the Cade, guy that, the Cade Fly. <laughs> yeah. This is the story I love. Yeah, yeah. So Cade, and you don't even have it on here. No, but I, I wrote it in later. But oh, did you? Cade Flat is uh, a high school runner who runs the eight hundred meters, and and he self described as eight hundred meter specialist because uh, they were asking him you know about you know i have a picture in my head i've never seen this kid but you you know what athlete that we know pops into my head oh yeah say this yeah and this it, kid happens to be a tall kid too yeah and so Patton, if you're listening yeah and we haven't even talked about this but both of us are thinking this oh absolutely so, yeah you know, i'll call him and tell him to listen yeah. to this one sure. and he, this, he's got a cool name cade flat just sounds cool to me i don't know why but it does um he's i think right now the second fastest high schooler of all time um, he's going for the record this weekend. By the time this podcast comes out, he may be a high school record holder. Um, and he's a big talker. But I love the way he does it. There's, you know, there's so many of these people. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite frankly sometimes put off by the way that like uh, Shakari Richardson talks and some of the this others. Cockiness. A little bit. Of, but this guy is just he is cocky, but it it he comes off different. It's more on the confidence side. Yeah. yeah. And and he. Uh, so they're asking him about how many miles a week do you run? And he said, he he looked over his log for the last three weeks, three to five miles a week, a week, three to five miles a week. Now, they asked him, said, now, are you counting warm up and cool down? He said, no. He said, my warm up is a 300 meter jog. So uh, this guy just does very little. I mean, he just does a lot of sprint is he, work. Is he kind of a bigger guy or is he more lanky? Uh, he's more, he's more lanky, tall guy, um, runs a good, he runs a good four, uh, he's running a 446, you know, he's a pretty fast 400 runner as well. So he's more on the sprinting side. So a lot of sprinters can get by with a lot I, less I mileage, look this kid up. but not that much less. Yeah. I mean, he's just, and he's going to the university of Mississippi, I think next year. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him because, you know, the other guys at the University of Mississippi are not running three to five miles a week. Sure. You know, they're running way more than that. Well, and you, this is where some wisdom has to come into a coach because yeah. something's working like that. 
you yeah. don't you don't need to go throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, you you've got to make some small adjustments, or you could ruin this kid. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. say, all right, you're running thirty miles this week. That yeah. might be the worst thing that's ever happened to him. So, you're right. Well, that'd be interesting to follow that. <laughs> so I'm listening to this interview, and they asked him, "Well, well who, who's your coach? You know, and and because they're thinking, you know, all these guys, a lot of these high schoolers now are coached by somebody famous, and his coach is his English teacher." <laughs> And, and basically, he said, he's like, you know, yeah, he's my coach. He's a great guy. He said, and somebody asked him maybe about, you know, other coaches and stuff. I'm sticking with him till the end. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm I'm perfectly happy with my, my English he's teacher coaching. He's going to get me. some time off to go to the world championships yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just refreshing. I love that. I yeah. love it. Yeah, just I a raw, raw guy who goes out there and gives it his best and yeah. um, is, is excited about it. It's pretty cool. All right. How about a trivia question for this week? The trivia question is this. The record for the coldest ever marathon was set this year. Tell me when and where. No clue. If you know the answer to that, you can send it to dean at runforgod.com. If you don't know the answer to it, go ahead and Google it, and then you can send it to me. Or take a guess. Or take a guess. Yeah, you're probably not going to guess, though. (laughs) You're not going to get this one if you guess. Um, I'm almost 100% sure you've never heard of this marathon. So, um, But check it out because it's interesting. So send that to Dean at runforgod.com. The first person to send that to me at Dean at runforgod.com will get a Run Club Tumblr. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Every reason I share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is the reason this week. Is there a better way to test your limits than running? You know, most people may not test their their actual limits for their entire life. But as a runner, we do it regularly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, when we're trying to run PRs, we're trying to push our limits. When we're in a, in a workout, we're trying to push our limits. I just think it's it's something that a lot of people never get to really get to test their limits and as runners we get to do that you know when the when the the triathlon team was young we used to make the comment you never know how far you can go until you go too far Mm -hmm. and that's the cool thing about running is you can you can do that and and whether it's distance or it's speed or Mm -hmm. um failure is not always a bad thing in this failure in life is not always a bad thing yeah um and it's especially true for sport Um, you you find your limits because many times you know, we talk about the firewalk. Yep. We've talked about that before. And that that wall is a lot further out there than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We're constantly challenging ourselves. And the cool thing about being a runner and, and, and pushing ourselves like that is that it helps us with other things in life, too. When we, when we run up against that hard thing, whatever it is, it helps us to because we realize, okay, I, I've done hard things. Mm-hmm. So... All right, how about a motivational thought of the week? The motivational thought of the week comes from Helen Keller, and she said this, Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. I like that. Remind me of who Helen Keller was. Helen Keller was the one that was blind and deaf. That's right. And, uh, yeah, so she's... uh, she understood struggle sure. and she was an amazing amazing woman obviously she wasn't a runner but she um this this has some good insight into into sure. running and uh, and what we do it's true for our job it's true for our faith it's true for everything that yeah. uh, the struggle uh, character cannot be developed in ease and quiet i like that yep well all right 
until next week hope everybody has a great week we'll see you or listen we'll i don't know if we'll see them we won't see anybody but we'll talk to you again in well a week. we could see them at the hawkins that's 10K. right so go get registered for that you can do it virtually uh from anywhere usa or you can come to cartersville and hang out with us yeah uh, we want to meet you guys so yeah. this is another opportunity to do that so go to runforgod.com click on Hawkins 10K. It's free. It's a great fundraiser for Run and Forgot if you want to do that. If you don't, come join us for free. Yep, for sure. All right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.